Good morning, everyone, and welcome once again to All Things Russell on Laker Country 104.9 WJRS. I'm Jeff Hoover, along with Tony Kerr in our studios this morning on uh, Friday, March the 11th. And we are so happy to be back uh, with you this morning for another edition of All Things Russell. And Tony, um, snow in the forecast. You have for 10 minutes been sitting here before we went on the air fussing about snow is coming and I you know we we've all tried to brace you it's coming but uh, it is hard to take on March the 11th yeah how, how much are they calling for three to five you know five inch well you know the good thing about uh, snow in March it doesn't stay very long that's true and uh, you just hope it's not going to be uh, bad roads and all of that but uh yeah, I'm all hyped up uh, for spring, which is a week uh, from Sunday, and here we are talking about a, a major no- snowstorm. I just, uh, man, I hope it passes us by. It, it will probably be gone by Monday. Uh, yeah. You know, it won't, won't stay around long, but chances are it'll be gone by Monday, Tuesday anyway. Next week, uh, you said spring's around the corner. Next week, uh, high school softball and baseball get underway all across Kentucky. Oh yeah, and uh, you know they've they've been used to playing early, uh, and and sometimes playing on days you might get a little snow, but nothing like what we're going to do. But uh, I know both programs are excited to get back. Uh, uh, every time I see David Rexroth, that's uh, you can just tell it's getting close because he's always uh, animated a little bit. Yeah. So David, uh, once again, the coach of the uh, Laker baseball team, they open up next week. Just got a message last night. The game set for Friday uh, open up with Barron County uh, Friday the 18th. That game has now been moved to Saturday afternoon, the 19th, uh, rather than Friday the 18th. So they will open up against Barron County Saturday. Here? Uh, here, uh, Saturday afternoon at Laker Field. Uh, last year, Jeff, he, his first two or three weeks, he, he played, was on the road. Well, there are just a couple of home games for the first three or four weeks. Yeah, he plays that uh, road-heavy early early yeah. part. Playing a couple of tournaments. But, yeah, there are only just a very small number of home games the first few weeks for the baseball team. Uh, Lady Lakers softball team now with the new coach, Tanya Rexroad, who's been the uh, middle school girls coach, the interim girls varsity coach, and uh, they open up next season as well. I know they had a scrimmage last night. And uh, we're going to have, once again, our Lady Laker softball and Laker baseball games of the week uh, on the radio. And uh, look forward uh, to doing that. Myself and Charlie Anderson, uh, Derek, Zach, uh, we're also going to pitch in from time to time. But uh, looking forward to baseball and softball season getting underway. You know, Tony, this is uh, one of my favorite times of year, not because of the weather changing, but uh, because it's basketball tournament time. SEC tournament got underway last night, or Wednesday night. Kentucky plays uh, tonight in the SEC. Um, Then the NCAA starts next week. and uh, Selection Sunday, isn't it? Selection Sunday is two days away. Uh, Laker Country and the Russell County Public Library have teamed up for a bracket challenge and uh, we're going to be giving away $500 uh, to the winners in that bracket challenge. Uh, Zach Oaks, Derek Aaron will join us later in the program this morning to talk about how you can enter 
in the uh, bracket challenge for the NCAA tournament. We're going to give $300 to first place winner, $150 to second place, and $50 for third. And uh, that, that's going to be a lot of fun uh, to see what people do in the bracket challenge. But again, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Big uh, uh, also this weekend, Jeff. Something you haven't heard a lot about, uh, but uh, time changes. It does. You know, daylight savings time starts uh, early uh, Sunday morning. So Saturday uh, night, tomorrow night, uh, before you go to bed, uh, roll those clocks up uh, one hour. I like it. You oh, know. yeah. It just uh, makes those days seem much longer, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, then, and you know, when you get off at 5, 5.30 or 6, and you still have some daylight left, that's that's always a, a good feeling. So, yeah, clocks change tomorrow. Spring forward one hour tomorrow night. And uh, uh, it'll be that way until uh, the first Sunday in November, November the 6th, when we roll it back. So, uh, you know, it seems like they've extended that over the last few years, like it's starting a little earlier. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, we're going to have a lot of different issues we're going to talk about on the program today, uh, and, and I think you're going to enjoy it. We're going to talk to several different people, but Tony, one thing that's on everyone's mind or most everyone, uh, is the continued increase in gasoline prices. And, uh, uh we, we have talked about it off air uh, and you see people commenting on social media. I mean, everywhere you go, uh, people are saying, well, it was such and such price here, and it was so and so here last week, but uh, certainly affecting many of us uh, now above $4 a gallon. And we thought this morning uh, we would just reach out to some uh, convenience stores, gas stations in the area, and just talk to them, see what the gas price is uh, this morning. And um, and you know they're hearing it. Yeah, you know they're hearing it. Every time somebody comes in to pay for gas, they're probably getting an oh, earful. Jeff, you know, and the, the, the tough thing about that with this inflation, what about the people who don't have anything to inflate? People that live on, yeah. on a fixed income, Social Security, they have X amount of dollars. And uh, that's, that is going to, I think, restrict their travel. And being a tourism area, how is that going to affect us of course uh, it, it could have an effect where people will stay closer to home and uh, maybe we'll get people from more people from kentucky instead of a lot of the out-of-towners with these gas prices but you know we talked with the new tourism director and uh, i think gas prices uh, is something they they're always concerned about and and something they're focusing on is people um closer to russell county closer to lake cumberland taking a vacation or doing things here rather than staycation yeah staycation that's right i couldn't think of the word but yeah staycation so um we're going to talk to some folks um uh, this morning just about uh, gas prices what they're hearing from customers uh, i think it's interesting to find out how often do they change and how do they change how how does a convenience store get notified that prices are going up or down well, you know, I've I've gotten gas, and they said, well, you might want to fill up. It's going up tomorrow. We're calling Valero. Good morning. Yes. Good morning. This is uh, Jeff Hoover along with Tony Kerr on uh, All Things Russell on radio station WJRS. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. Good. We are on the air on our program, All Things Russell, and we're Checking on gas prices. 
What is the price for a gallon of unleaded regular this morning at Valero? Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Okay. What about diesel? Uh, wait a minute. Four ninety nine. Wow. Four ninety nine for diesel. How often have have prices changed in the last couple of weeks? About every day. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty much. And 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 as a store that sells gas, how do you all get notified of a price change? Is you get a phone call or delivery truck, or how do you get notified? Yeah, they go up and down the street. A lot of them just drive down the road, see what the prices are, or a call and see, pretty much. But does your supplier, do they set the the price for you? No, uh, I actually, we do, I think. I think that's the way they do it. But you just sort of keep tabs on what everybody else is charging. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So if somebody goes down, you'd uh, you're going to go down too. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> if you can, right? And what's yeah, your name, you sir? Can. Jerry Sharp. Jerry. Okay. Well, Jerry, we appreciate you talking to us. One one final thing. Gas prices have been going up. They've been changing about every day. Have you said? Yes. Are customers understanding that really you all don't have a lot of control or? Do you hear a lot of complaining? Yeah, they understand. They know it's coming from, you know, where the pipeline's down and our very efficient president. Okay. And so so people uh, people are understanding that really the prices are out of your control then. Pretty much. Pretty much everybody's yeah. out of yeah. everybody's control. Right. Well, Jerry, thank you for talking to us this morning, and uh, you have a great day, okay? All right. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Uh, Jerry Sharp up at Valero, Tony, and um, interesting his comment that prices many times are set just by driving up and down the road and seeing what everybody else is charging. I, I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah, that is. Uh, I, but I guess you're going to stay competitive, and you've got uh, – Several through there, so yeah. So if if your supplier sets it at uh, three ninety nine as it is right now for a gallon of regular unleaded at Valero, your supplier helps set that, and someone up the road goes down to three eighty nine, then you've got a decision to make, right? I guess that's how it works. Yeah. Uh, have you noticed that that everybody's trying to hold that three ninety nine? Now there is, uh, I think, on one twenty seven north. Uh, over four dollars yeah. is uh, what I'm told. Of course, we're all, you know, trying to keep track of that. But uh, everybody's trying to hold it. That right now, maybe it's their magic number that they just don't want to go over that four dollar mark. Yeah, it's a psychological thing, you know. Yeah, if it goes to four fifteen or four twenty five, oh. it's going to be. <laughs> you're talking about complaints, but uh, I know everybody's holding right at three ninety nine. I, I don't know how long they can do that. Yeah, I don't either. We're trying to call now. Minute marked in Jamestown. Just there, but well, about an hour ago. Minute, Mark. This <laughs> is Jake. Can I help you? Good morning. This is Jeff Hoover, along with Tony Kerr at uh, WJRS, and you're on the radio with us on all things Russell. We're just doing a random check of gas prices. 
This is the Minute Mart located near Stevens Pipe and Steel on North Main and Jamestown. What's your price for a gallon of regular gasoline? Hello? She hung up, Sean Hammond, her uh, operator says. Well, Sean, let's see if we can call her back. Maybe she thought it was a prank. We'll try it again. <laughs> uh, we just want to check gas prices. Uh, yeah, we're, we don't want any more information. We're just trying to check gas prices. Bennett Martin Jamestown, see if they answer this time. Maybe they put some uh, manager on. See if Pam's there. I noticed Missy was there the, this morning. But, uh, I'm calling Minute Mart Golf House Pizza. This I need to help me help you. Is Missy in? No, I'm sorry, she's not in. May I take a message? Well, this is Jeff Hoover along with Tony Kerr, and we're on the radio at WJRS, and we're just trying to do a random check of gas prices. Uh, can you tell us what the price per gallon for regular unleaded is at Minute Mart? I'm sorry, sir. We're not allowed to give that information out over the phone. You're not allowed to tell us what the price of gasoline is? That's what I was told. I was told I wasn't allowed to give that kind of information out over the phone. I apologize. Oh, oh well, that's okay. I, I don't want you to get in trouble. Uh, Minute Mart doesn't want people to know what the gas prices is. We understand. But uh, well, well, you have a good not. day. Thanks for right. talking to us. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Interesting. Top secret. Top secret. I guess you have to drive down the road and look at the sign to, to, instead of just telling us on the phone. Well, if you're empty, you're going to have to stop anyway. Yeah. So they do have good uh, breakfast pizza. I, I want to think it was 404 this morning, but. Uh, Did they break over from 399? I, I, I want to say it was, but I, I can't be for sure. Let's try um, someone else. What about up at Eli? See if the Eli Country Store, Tony, will. Tell us what uh, their price is. Someone said that sounded like a gas cartel. Good morning. This is Jeff Hoover and Tony Kerr on WJRS. We're just checking gas prices, making random calls. Can you tell us what a uh, what the price is for a gallon of regular unleaded at Eli Country Store? I can. Give me just a moment. Okay, thank you, ma'am. No secrets there in Eli. No secrets in Eli. No corporate trades. Give me just one second, Mr. Hoover. Okay, that'll be fine. Thank you. I like that, Tony. It is $3.99 a gallon. Okay, and what about diesel? Do you have diesel? We do have diesel. And it is, let me see. It is, uh, oh, I can't find a diesel price on here. <laughs> okay. You know it's high, though. Yes, I do know it's high. Hang on. How about biscuit and gravy? The last time we were there broadcasting, uh, you had some you had some of the best biscuit and gravy around. Got plenty of that? We have plenty of that. 
<laughs> I can't give you a diesel price because uh, it's not showing up on the. Okay. On but the regular table. unleaded is is three ninety nine, right? It is. And I can. And a person we have a new can system get down here. Of course, you know we got new tanks and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I we just appreciate you sharing that information. We call someone else and. Um, they wouldn't tell us what their price was, but at least well, at Eli, they'll tell you what the price of gal, uh, gal, right. gallon of gasoline is. And we, <laughs> nothing to hide. That's right. I and mean, I bet you can get it. biscuit and gravy right. for a better price than that gallon of gasoline, can't you? Uh, yeah, pretty close. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, listen, you have a great day, and thank you for talking with us from the Eli Country Store. Okay, thank you all. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. So, 399 is what we're hearing um from two or three different places. Is that uh, uh surprise you Tony? I mean, hold on steady. Hold I have steady. seen I have seen one that was 404 uh, in the last 24 hours. I'm not going to call them out, but right. At least we've picked out a couple that's 399 today and it'll be interesting to see if it's changed. Appreciate Jerry Sharp up at Valero. This nice lady at Eli Country Store for talking with us and um, sharing their prices. But it's something that's on everyone's mind, no question about oh, it. Yeah, <laughs> really on, on our minds. <laughs> it's, uh, and you know, Jeff, you, you look at the uh, the diesel prices, and the diesel price is $4.99, That That is just only going to add to this inflation yeah. because it's going to cost more to get, uh, you know, products to the stores and – Who's gonna Who's gonna pay for that? Yeah. You know, your gallon of milk, uh, your bread, your eggs, all that stuff they make a run on uh, today in the stores because of uh, this snowstorm coming. Uh, you know, that stuff's just gonna go up, and inflation uh, uh, is the highest it's been uh, in a long, long time—forty some years, I think. Yeah, and, and and you know, you hear a lot of different discussions. Well, it's because of this, the pipeline, or it's because of that, and. Uh, and really, it is extremely complicated why prices go up and down in, with petroleum. Um, we actually import in this country 5% or less of our gasoline. Uh, you know, cutting off imports from Russia will have a much, much bigger effect on Russia economically than it will the United States, although we could see prices continue to go up. Yeah, tell that uh, to the person at the pump. Yeah, I know. $5 I, I, or whatever. I, I know. It's it's hard, but it is a complicated issue. No, oh, no yeah. question about it. But, Tony, we talk about uh, travel and staycation and coming to Lake Cumberland, visiting Lake Cumberland, and something you and I have been very interested in. We've, we, we've talked about it with Danielle Wilson last week on the program, uh, is what's going on at Lake Cumberland State Park. And we we attempted to get Stephen Easton Easton the manager on the program a couple of times and uh, uh, have been unable to do that. Uh, but I thought we'd call Lake Cumberland State Park this morning and just see if we can get some answers to the questions that we that you and I have talked about. Dining room, yeah, dining room, bar, swimming pool. What? Yeah, you know. Let's see if we can. Well, I can get tell you, the indoor pool's open. I don't know if we can get anyone or not. But uh, we're going to try. Guest services, this is Monica. How may I assist you? Hi, Monica. This is J Jeff Hoover. 
along with Tony Kerr at uh, radio station WJRS, and you're on the air with us on our program, All Things Russell. How are you doing this morning, Monica? I'm doing good. How are you? We're doing good. We're doing good. Beautiful Thank morning. you. It's a beautiful morning. We're waiting on the snow. Are you ready for the snow? I'm dreading it. <laughs> well, I think we all are. The good thing is it's springtime. It's early March. Maybe it won't hang around very long. You know, yeah, maybe it'll be gone within long. 24 hours. Yeah. Monica, you've been at the park for a long time, haven't you? I've been here six years. Six years. You got to work tomorrow, or is it your day off? Maybe you don't have to drive in the snow if we get it. I've got to work. Uh-oh. <laughs> Monica, Tony and I are on all things Russell on, as I said, WJRS, and we're just trying to get some information. Is the dining room open yet? No, it is open, but it's carry-out only. Okay. When... Do we expect that it'll be open for sit-down dining? Do we know? They've not gave us any indication when that will be. And is that a decision that's made by park officials in Frankfurt? Uh, yes, I think so. Okay. So uh, it's carry-out only. We don't know when it'll be sit-down. Uh, how has that affected business? A lot of people are displeased with it. You are pleased with it, Carrie? Displeased. Displeased, yeah, I yeah. thought. Um, well, we need to get a hold of Commissioner Meyer or somebody. We need that dining room open, don't we? Yeah, it would be good. <laughs> what, what about the bar? I know there's been a lot of talk about the new bar inside uh, Lure Lodge. Uh, how's progress coming on that? Is it? ready to be opened uh they're still working on it they moved in some furniture and stuff yesterday so it's getting closer they've not gave us an opening date yet on it but it is getting closer still looking for a bartender yes <laughs> i've seen the advertisements you know looking uh, accepting applications for bartenders not a lot of people in russell county with that experience you know so, no not so a lot it's hard to find someone i guess but uh, again, the opening of the bar, that's a decision that, I guess, comes from Frankfurt, right? Yes, when the final date would be good. Okay. And finally, what about the swimming pool? What's the status of that? Hoping to have it open by Memorial Day. Great, great. The outdoor and the indoor is open now. Indoor pool is open, hoping to have the outdoor pool open by Memorial Day. And it's been, do you know how many years it's been since the outdoor pool's been open? Well, I know it was closed when I come to work here, and I've been here six years, so it's been longer than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, been quite ten, a... Ten, had it, Jeff. It, Maybe somewhere around ten, probably. But, you know, even for a lot of local folks... Uh, I know when I was a kid growing up, the only opportunity we had to go swimming was to go to the state park. And uh, it's just such a, a needed part of Lake Cumberland State Park. And so that's great news, hopefully to have that open by, by Memorial Day. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Well, Monica, thank you for talking uh, with us this morning on the radio on all things Russell. And uh, we hope the snow comes in, gets out pretty quick. 
and we can get into spring and summer and all the great things that happen at Lake Cumberland State Park and get that dining room open. <laughs> we'll try our best. Okay, Monica, you have a good day. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So appreciate Monica talking with us. Got some answers there that we have been unable to get uh, in the last few weeks, but uh, Monica shared that with us, and we appreciate that. Jeff, uh, you know, they're, they're hoping, some, some folks that work down there that I've talked to, and uh, we were just there last weekend, hoping maybe by April 1st, maybe the dining room can be open. That That is, you know, folks, I, I think we, we take Lake Cumberland State Park for granted. Yep. Uh, Lake Cumberland State Park is the largest state park in this state. Uh, it is, as they say, the crown jewel of the park system. Brings in more money. That dining room, uh, for many years, took would take in more money than any other state park dining room. because, And I think it's because uh, you go down there and uh, you get that view. You get to sit there. There's nothing like it. And, and historically, traditionally, uh, the people working at the dining room, you, you know, were were fixtures there for many, many years. And, and so folks would come back and year to year to year, they would see the same waitresses and the same hostess. And, you know, I think about uh, Janet Polston as a longtime hostess. And, and, Forever. Yeah, and, 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 and people just recognized her as part of the park. I think about uh, Anita Heisel and Phyllis Reese and Carol Richards and, and others that were long-time waitresses, you know, that, that that people just consider them a fixture at Lake Cumberland State Park. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm all about getting that dining room back opened. And it appears as if many things, it has to be a decision from Frankfurt, but hopefully that decision will be made soon and they can get that dining room back open. It's important. It's not only for tourists, but it's important for the local people as well. Yeah, have we got a number to Frankfurt? Can we call? Uh, we can call Russ Myers. Yeah, uh, the commissioner <laughs> of parks is a very good friend of mine. We served in the legislature together. He's out of Jessamine County and uh, was former mayor of Nicholasville. Russ Meyer, we're really good friends. Yeah, if they don't get that dining room open, I'm I'm going to invite him to come down here and then say, let's go down to the park and eat. Oh yeah, you haven't opened it yet, so <laughs> we'll yeah, get try, a box lunch. Try to put a little pressure on it. We're going to talk to now, hopefully. One of our dearest friends, Tony, who uh, had a road named after him last night. What a great honor. Oh, yeah. If we can get him to answer, he's busy. Somebody's hater might went out. Yeah. Call about brother Rick Neff. The call has been forwarded to an automatic. Okay, so we've got brother Rick. Um, got a uh, voicemail for him. We'll try him again in a few minutes. But... Uh, Congratulations to him. Kudos to the Russell Springs City Council, Mayor Eddie Thomas last night, uh, naming uh, the what's referred to as the cut-through road there by Carey's Automotive, connecting Jamestown Street and Steve Warner, or Lakeway Drive, I guess, um, naming that Rick Neff uh, Drive. And uh, all of us who know Rick Neff appreciate him and love him for all the many things that he does in our community and just what a great honor for him and hopefully we can uh, make a connection with him here in a minute and and uh, Jeff, get him on the phone you, you know rick of course he's a local pastor but he's involved in so many other things but if you need someone uh if you need to help in a very worthwhile project he usually gets on board we see that every yeah. year at uh, christmas time 
Yeah, he's a very, very big supporter of the Food for Didi Drive, uh, always involved uh, with the uh, ARC Pregnancy Center. Oh, yeah. The Adair Russell Casey Pregnancy Center and help raise funds for that every year. Uh, just just one of the best guys uh, around and uh, so pleased for he and his family and to get that honor uh, last night. Um, and so uh, hopefully uh, we're going to try to call him again real quick, see if we can get him this time. And uh, if we can't, we'll keep trying till we can get him on here a little later. We just wanted to get him on the radio and congratulate him. Yeah, he, uh, he's not a native of Russell County, right. but, uh, man, he sure took root here, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, don't forget to change your clocks this weekend, folks. Spring forward, right? Yeah, I don't think we're going to get Brother Rick, huh? Must be on a job. And, Your call has been forwarded. Yeah, we're, we're not going to get him right now, so we'll try again a little later in the program. Um, Tony, shifting gears, as we said, we had a lot of different topics that we wanted to talk about today. Uh, we've talked about gas prices. We've talked about Lake Cumberland State Park and the issues there. Uh, we are going to talk, hopefully, with Brother Rick Neff here in a little bit, but a couple of months ago, we had a radiothon here uh, at the radio station, raised $215,000 for tornado relief efforts in Mayfield and Graves County. And, uh, you know, just what an outpouring of love and support from the community of Russell and in neighboring counties that helped as well. And uh, we had the, the honor to deliver those funds down to Mayfield and Graves County and and to see the devastation, but I thought it would be good for us to get a little follow-up report uh, from down there uh, just to see uh, what progress is being made. So we're going to talk uh, here with Richard Heath. Uh, Richard is state representative, a uh, long time down from Mayfield and Graves County. He was the one that actually helped uh, or gave us the idea of raising money and it uh, doesn't look like uh, we're trying to get a hold of him right now. Jeff, I think the governor is scheduled to be back down in uh, Graves County today. You know, they're trying to work on more housing, and they've got those uh, RVs, those travel trailers, as you call them, uh, more of those trying to set those up. They've had people in state parks uh, in that part of the state uh, since the uh, storm three three months ago. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of progress has been made, but you know, the, the cleanup efforts will be ongoing for many, many, many months, Tony. Uh, no no question about it. Um, so we're trying to call Richard uh, now, and we'll get him on the phone. Um, something else, uh, big announcement yesterday. Uh, Von Grinnigan Furniture Makers. Um, Richard Heath is on the phone. Okay. So we've got Richard on the phone. Good morning, Richard. Hey, good morning. How are you doing this morning, Richard? Uh, we're off to a good start. The sun's shining and can't complain right now. Getting ready for the snow, right? <laughs> that can change in Kentucky anytime, as you know. Yeah, well, we're we're expecting a little snow, but the good thing about snow uh, in uh, March probably won't hang around very long, you know. 
True. Um, yes. Richard, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Um, we, we've talked about the Radiothon, the money that was raised and delivered to, to, Grave, to Graves County and Mayfield, but we thought it would be good if you would just share with our listeners and those that, that helped in that effort just sort of what's going on now, the progress that's being made, and, and, and how things are going for the people in Mayfield and Graves County after the tornado. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, the trucks that are making the rounds, picking up the debris and, and hauling it off are on their third loop. They, they do it in phases so people can move debris out close to the road. And when that's gone, it opens up room for more debris. And so they're, they're coming to the end of their contract to remove the debris from the streets and highways and county roads. Um, there's no start on the courthouse yet. It, it still has a fence around it. The, uh, they're trying to get bids to tear it down. So once that's torn down, there's another large pile of debris there, plus a gaping hole in the middle of town. Um, with the debris being removed, we're, um, we're, we're down to basically just bare ground. The trees are gone. The buildings are gone. A lot of places is just bare ground left or a concrete slab where a structure used to be. Um, the churches that were heavily damaged are they're they're gone and, and just a gravel lot left there now. Um, so with that being said, signs of um, renewing and coming back, street signs are going back up, so you can find your way through town without the uh, um, landmarks there to guide you. Yeah. Um, when I was home last weekend, I saw uh, some homes that. Uh, they actually had the uh, walls up and the trusses on, and, and I'm sure they've made good progress on those this week. Uh, some other s- small structures going up, post-frame buildings and garages. and So there is signs of life coming back. It, it's kind of like a, the, the March flowers, you know, where they're the first to pop their heads up through the ground, you know, springs around the corner. Well, s- seeing these structures starting to pop up, uh, you know, there's more coming. And... Um, there's a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes work being done with a uh, long-term recovery group that uh, has hired a full-time person to oversee that operation. And um, I think things are starting to move in the direction of recovery. Representative Heath, where do you take all of this debris? Where, where is it going? Uh, some is going to the landfill. There's some... Uh, uh, places out in the county where they're piling it, and um, it, it's it's kind of dispersed uh, around the county. I know, Richard, talking with you early on, uh, that was one of the big concerns is how do you dispose of the debris, and there was some mm-hmm. discussion that FEMA would come in and would actually buy up land to to begin a landfill or for that purpose? Has has some of that taken place? Some of that has taken place. Since I'm in Frankfurt more than I'm at home right now, I, I don't know the particulars on it, but, um, yeah, they've, uh, where, wherever they're piling it is out off the beaten path and out of sight because you don't drive down the highway and, and see a pile of debris anymore. They've, right. uh, 
they're and, getting it somewhere. And so these contractors to pick up the debris, they're they have a I guess a schedule and you say they just they're on their third cycle of going around and, and loading up the debris, right? That that's correct and we were told from the beginning if um you didn't get all your debris removed on the first go around. Not to panic, there would be two more loops around, and um, you can imagine with with the second and third pass, the amount of debris on the side of the road is much much smaller, and uh, yeah. it did give people a chance to to get it out to the road that that weren't in the early the, the first go around. How much is left? Uh, it's a small amount compared to what was there um there's still some buildings in downtown mayfield where the um, business owners were either uninsured or underinsured and they don't have the money to pay to have the debris removed um my understanding is at some point they they're a government agency i don't know if it's state or federal or both will come in and pay to have that hauled off um so there's still a few building sites around town that have have not been cleaned up, but the majority of them have. You talked about uh, the courthouse. I know that there's the appropriations have been made uh, to build uh, build back uh, a judicial center, perhaps. Uh, what, are they going to build it on the, the the site that is there now, or, or where will that go? The plans that I'm hearing is for the uh, courthouse to go back on the spot that it has been, and it will only be for judicial. Uh, the judge executive, the sheriff, the PVA, the, the uh, county clerks, they'll be in a separate building. Uh, it will no longer all be under one roof as it's been in the past. The jail will be in a different location. So um, instead of just building one building and having everybody trying to use it that one will be built strictly for judicial purposes and then the uh, county courthouse is what they're calling it uh, i didn't realize there were two separate things and so i've learned something <laughs> yeah. um, it'll, it, it'll be uh, somewhere close to downtown if not on the court it's, square and very accessible you know richard i've <clears throat> i've heard you say uh over the past couple of months the the support and the working together that that you have seen between all branches of government and all agencies uh, has really been fascinating for you to to see and I know you've been very complimentary of all of those involved from all parts and phases of government. Yes, that's correct. Um, uh, the disaster has, um, I think, brought us all together. And politics aside, uh, partisanship aside, it, it's been the focus has been to get people back on their feet, to get businesses uh, up and going again, and and to just help people and and uh, meet them where their need is. And doesn't matter. Nobody's asking Democrat or Republican. It's like, right. what, are your, what are your needs and how can we help? Yeah. Well, Richard, we uh, we know it's uh, it's been a tough struggle. It will continue to, to take some time to get through it. 
Yeah, well, we know uh, we've been told, uh, for example, the courthouse we were talking about, it could be four to five years to get a new courthouse built. And then um, we talked to people that have been through this in other towns like uh, uh, Joppa, Illinois, that, uh, you know, could take 10 years. They, they just celebrated their 10th anniversary from the tornado they had. And um, some of our city officials and leaders have went over and talked to their city leaders and um, compared notes and, and kind of laid out what to expect going forward. And, and we're all uh, resolved that it's going to be a long-term process and uh, we're in the early stages. Representative Heath, uh, one question for you. How tough has it been for you to be in Frankfurt during this session with all of this going on back in your district? Uh, I know your mind has to be at home, but you have to be in Frankfurt because you're trying to uh, help your community, and you have. But uh, I know it's got to be tough to be up there. Well, it's a two-edged sword. Um, as you know, there's uh, money being, being appropriated here in Frankfurt to help with the uh, tornado recovery, and it's been a blessing that I could be here where I'm at in a position to uh, weigh in on the conversations, to provide information, to make contacts with uh, city and county leaders to the decision makers in Frankfurt. So, uh, Sure, I would love to have been home and, and been a bigger part of that. But our uh, our mayor, Judge Executive, said, "No, you, you you're right where you need to be. <laughs> well, we need the contacts in Frankfurt. We need the help in Frankfurt. We appreciate you doing what you're doing." Well, I will say this: the people of Mayfield and Graves County couldn't have a better person than Richard Heath to be in Frankfurt, uh, helping in their recovery efforts. And just nobody, I'm proud of you and. Uh, just keep up the good work, and we will continue to keep you and the people there in their thoughts and prayers. And we appreciate you, you joining us on the program this morning. Thank you for having me on. Richard Heath, uh, state representative down in Mayfield, Graves County. Tony, uh, well, just super good prince of a fella, and uh, his community continues to struggle, but seems like progress is being made, and that's uh, that's a great thing. Jeff, it's only been three months, and what we have to realize is these folks are going to need help for a long time. This is not a, a quick fix by any means. This is uh, this is not months. This is years coming. And as yep. you said, getting some of those buildings back uh, for the government, four to five years to get those things uh, built. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to build a, a judicial center, and as he said, they'll build a courthouse uh, and then uh, the jail, uh, all of that, uh, it's going to be a long time. And they're yeah. going to need, uh, as uh, he said, our continued prayers. You know, a big announcement shifting gears yet again on the program. Big announcement yesterday, uh, Von Grinnigan Furniture Makers uh, purchasing what is referred to as the old Furco building uh, in Jamestown and expanding their furniture making business and um, uh, Ed and his son Casey uh, you know it's just great news it's good to see local people growing and expanding and that's what they're going to do and we're going to try to talk to Casey here uh, just to get a little more information about what they do Jeff have you seen anything they've built I haven't no <laughs> unbelievable so the quality is, is uh, uh, second to none they are master craftsmen that's just great. We're calling Casey. I don't know if we can get him to answer. Voicemail, Casey Von Grinnigan. I'm not able. 
Sounds like we got voicemail, so we're not going to get Casey. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard lots of reports. Uh, people talk about the craftsmanship, the detail, uh, and what they're doing. You know, I'd like to know a little more about them. I mean, how many employees do they have, and uh, who do they sell to? Is it retail? Is it all privately done? You know, get a little more information. Maybe we can uh, just schedule them. Uh, we didn't tell them we was calling. Yeah, by we the did way. not. That didn't was a cold anybody. call. So. We didn't tell anybody, even the corporate uh, gas people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, we didn't tell Minute Mart. Otherwise, they may have told us what their price was. You know? uh, but Von Grinnick, they build pieces that become heirlooms. It's yeah. that kind of quality. It is second. I've never seen anything any better anywhere. These are these are pieces of furniture that uh, fifty, hundred years from now, hundred fifty, uh, Jeff, they they will still be in use. Yeah, it's not put together. There's no staples. Uh, it's it's the real deal, and uh, good for them. And, and Casey, you know, uh, and, and Ed, uh, gonna little Ed, he's 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 been a fixture around town for many years and helped yep. a lot of people. Think think a lot of little Ed. All right, we're going to shift gears again. It's basketball time. It's tournament time. SEC tournament is underway. And um, Selection Sunday is this Sunday. We're joined now by Zach Oaks and Derek Aaron. And, uh, guys, you all have got a little thing going. Uh, You're going to give away some money on a, a bracket challenge. Tell us about it. And so that's welcome news to a lot of people, I imagine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're doing a bracket challenge here at the radio station in uh, partnership with the Russell County Public Library. Uh, everybody around this time of year loves to fill out their brackets. I myself usually fill out about 10 to 15 of them just for the fun of it. But uh, we're going to have a bracket contest uh, starting Monday uh, so people can go. No, by we can't th- say March Madness. No, we cannot We cannot call it that. That's a NCAA trademark. So. Well, it's. You know, it's not February madness, it's not April madness, but it's somewhere in between. <laughs> it is it, it is that month in between, uh, whatever that month is. And then we can call it mayhem or uh, craziness, whatever you want to call it. So if you called it March Madness, what would happen? Well, I guess... Uh, hopefully nothing. Hopefully nothing. <laughs> Uh, well, that's what we that's what we keep our fingers crossed on, but it's kind of like what the NFL does with the Super Bowl, where they say, uh, you know, you can't use that for any commercial purposes. You have to call it the big game, and they have they pay people to watch out for advertisements and stuff like that, which is, uh, you know, what what a great use of money. But <laughs> hopefully, they wouldn't target us here, Tony. But you know, we you try know, to try to be the straight and narrow. Yeah, you know? better <laughs> better safe than sorry, I'd imagine. You don't get a copyright to infringement letter from some lawyer. I may have cease and desist yeah, right. or something. I don't know, but uh, yeah, we're starting Monday. Uh, you can go by the library, pick up your brackets. Of course, Selection Sunday is this Sunday, so the bracket will be finalized Sunday night. You can go by the library on uh, Monday or Tuesday. They have to be returned to the library on Tuesday because uh, games are going to start Thursday, so we want to get those back in in plenty of time, make sure we have everybody's, and uh, so there you can turn those back into the library on Tuesday, no later than 4 p.m. They're going to deliver them to us, and then we'll uh, score them as the tournament goes. Yeah, we ask that everyone uh, that enters ages 18 and up, that's gonna, we're going to do it. 
Uh, entrants must include their full name, age, full address, and their phone number on the bracket. Uh, just one entry per person. Duplicate entries, illegible entries will result in disqualification. And uh, in the event that two or more contestants are tied at the conclusion of the tournament, the winner will be determined by whoever most correctly predicts uh, the championship game's final score. All decisions uh, made by uh, WJRS and the Russell County Public Library in regards to this contest are final. So uh, that's our uh, fine print, if, if you uh, if you will. But again, the bracket's available Monday, March 14th at Russell County Public Library. I believe the library opens up at 9 a.m., so you can go there and, and pick up your bracket. It doesn't cost anything. doesn't cost. It's a free contest. Yes. Yeah, yeah, free, free contest. Free entry. When I, I had a couple, we posted this out on social media yesterday, and a couple of people were asking, what's the entry fee? You know, a lot of bracket pools have entry fees. Office pools. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, no, no entry fee for this. It's a, it's a free entry, so you can go by the library, fill out your bracket, turn it in, and then you're, you know, you're you're in for uh, some good prizes, and you know, kind of mentioned it earlier, but uh, you know, five hundred dollars total uh, between uh, three between the top three. So first place, we're giving away three hundred dollars. So if you're the winner, three hundred dollars coming towards you. Second place uh, prize is going to be one hundred fifty dollars, and then for third place is fifty dollars. I think it's great. You know, uh, it's an exciting time of year. We <clears throat> we get excited here at the radio station and have the bantering back and forth. There's always a contest. Anything like that, Sean Hammond thinks he's got all the answers. <laughs> he's going to pick the best bracket, you know. Sean, Sean's already said he's going to fill out the perfect bracket this year, so I, I don't know if he's going to or not, but he thinks he's well, going to. Well, in his mind, he will. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, we, we have a lot of fun, and, um, and, and we just wanted to extend this, get people involved. And we appreciate the, the Lindsay and all the folks at the library for uh, actually sharing this idea and reaching out to us. Uh, yeah, they, they reached out to us. Uh, Lindsay, from, from years past, uh, I worked at the, obviously, as editor of the Times Journal for a time. Uh, we did a uh, bracket contest there for several years, had a successful uh, bracket contest, hundreds of entries. Uh, I think she remembered that and knew that I was back here at WJRS, reached out, and uh you know, it's it's just a great partnership, and uh, you know, you don't think when you think of the Russell County Public Library, you don't automatically think of NCAA men's basketball. Yep. But uh, that's just the it's you just know, the, Kentucky, though. It is, and that's the foresight of Lindsey Westerfield and that uh, the group down there of, of fine employees that she has that uh, uh, that would think to to reach out to us and and to partner with uh, with us on this venture again, a bracket challenge, and we're we're excited to get going on that. So. They can pick up the brackets at the library right. Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. And when is the submission deadline again? They have to. The brackets need to be returned to the library by 4 p.m. Tuesday. Okay. Because yeah. you have those play-in games, won't you? Yeah. And, and play-ins? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you'll have, you'll have the play-ins, which those, you know, they, will, they ultimately factor in a little bit. But – the main thing we wanted we wanted to make sure that by tip off on Thursday that we have them, we have them all so that that gives us plenty of time to get make sure they're all in and uh, get everything and us time to kind of get situated and get ready to score them and stuff like that just it gives us plenty of time and that gives people two days to get their brackets in essentially so pick them up starting Monday morning at the library they have to be back to the library by four o'clock on uh, Tuesday right correct uh, one bracket per person yep. but uh john doe and his daughter could do one and john doe and his son could do one and as long as it's one 
entry per person. One entry per person. Yeah, I've been um, make sure that uh, the entries are for ages eighteen plus. Yeah. So we're going to have a lot of fun, and uh, we'll we'll keep up with it, or or better yet, Derek and Zach will keep up <laughs> with it <laughs> over the next uh, few weeks as we go through uh, this great period of time. That's it's the most wonderful time of the year, Jeff. <laughs> it can get exciting whenever you're down to the final few games and you have just a few brackets left. And yeah. You know, you know some of the people that's involved and, and whether or not they have a chance. It's, it's interesting to watch it play out. We yeah. had one of these uh, back in uh, 19 uh, – let's see. Was, what, year did Ar- what, did Arkansas, when, what year did Arkansas and Nolan Richardson win? It was early 1994. Yeah, 94. Early yeah. We had one of these at the office. And a guy wanted in, and he was one of the last ones. And uh, I said, well, we've only got one left. And But he put in, what, 5 or $10. It was a pretty good little pool. And uh, Arkansas, he said, well, you, you just did that because I, I, I'm not going to win, but I'm going to give you the money. He was real smart about it, and I gave it to him. He won. <laughs> I went to the Bank of Jamestown and got all of his money in pennies. To show him just how smart he was, <laughs> and you're talking about that was a load to handle around. Luckily, the bank oh, yeah. was pretty friendly, and they were doing all that money from the Parkway, so they had plenty of coins around. Right, and uh, about two hundred fifty dollars in pennies. So here you go, buddy. I showed you we're going to cheat you. Now you figure this out. <laughs> How'd you like to get to win and get it all in pennies? <laughs> and coin we're in Arkansas anyway. There's a coin <laughs> shortage now, Tony. <laughs> I don't know if, if they'd put it all in pennies now. Yeah, I, I'm surprised you did that. <laughs> If I told you it was, you, you wouldn't. I, I'd understand. <laughs> okay. Accuse me, basically, of cheating. And it was fair and squared. Linda Coe. Linda Coe was the, uh, always the one that got those together. She, she was, had so much fun doing that. She was in charge of it. Yeah, I remember Hollis Edmonds. Everybody said, hold me a ticket, hold me a ticket. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, they'd say, hold this one. Used to have a lot of fun doing those. So, uh, appreciate Zach and Derek doing this and Lindsay Westerfield and all the folks at the library uh, bracket challenge. Go pick up your bracket Monday or Tuesday. Get it turned back in by four o'clock Tuesday, and somebody's going to win some pretty good money. Somebody's going to win some good cash. I encourage everybody to cash uh, money. Yep, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Cash money. Uh, you yeah, make you a trip or two with yeah, that. Anyway, fill, yep. Fill a fill a truck up once or twice. <laughs> I heard this joke, and this guy was like, it goes out on a date, and this girl says, "What, what is th- that smell? Is that an expensive? What is that expensive?" Cologne. He said it's called gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> he was her gas daddy. <laughs> We're almost there. Yeah. Well, somewhat similar to something I saw on social media. You know the the cheapest place to get gas. Where? It named a fast food restaurant, and you can get it for a dollar thirty nine. So. You know. <laughs> They're not wrong. Yeah. That's going to do it for our program today. <laughs> Appreciate Zach and Derek and the Bracket Challenge. Tony, uh, a lot of different topics, but a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed that. That's right. And uh, hopefully we'll be announcing the uh, dining room at the State Park. Yeah. And, pretty uh, soon. Maybe we'll get on the phone with the folks up in Frankfurt. Uh, Jeff, some shows that we're working on. Uh, we talked about uh, maybe get Chad Miles and Derek, uh, uh, the outdoorsman that you are, the hunter. Uh, maybe get Chad Miles from Kentucky Field here. When's turkey season start? I know you you know all of these. Yeah, that's mid-April, so we're still it's a little bit. Yeah, it's coming. Uh, 
Kentucky generally a little bit later in turkey season uh, than maybe some of the surrounding states, but you know, mid-April we'll be there. Yeah. In two things. weeks, uh, Kevin Williams is going to join us That'll in the fun. studio. That'll be a lot of fun. Kevin, uh, first job was here at uh, WJRS as a teenager, and yep. uh, he's going to be here talking about his concert that's coming up, I think, May 14th is the date on that. Uh, I think that's right. It's in May, but... Kevin's going to be talking about that and hopefully sharing who some of his special guests with me will be. Uh, talked to Kevin last week, and he's looking forward to coming up here uh, two weeks from today and be on the program. So uh, a lot of good programs coming up. We're going to keep you informed, and we're just going to have a lot of fun every Friday morning at 8 o'clock here on All Things Russell. For Tony Kerr, I'm Jeff Hoover. Have a great weekend, everyone.